Last week, last week, um, I sort of spoke, uh, we're going to hear from some other people later on as well, but I, I spoke from some passages in the New Testament uh, which have a lot to do with money. Now, specifically the area of giving, Paul the Apostle writing the letter was trying to encourage the Corinthian church to give, uh, and I just went through it and drew out these five, uh, if you like, values uh, that we must have in our hearts. So heart issues around money that was specifically drawn out in a giving context, but are broader than, if you like, just giving, but the sense of, of money, of what God has given us. And kind of just encourage you, if you've not, you weren't around last week, then please listen uh, to that sermon. I would encourage you to do that. Today, I hope to be a little bit more practical, uh, but I want to just flag up that really it's always a heart issue, isn't it? So I looked at last week that this, what I said, wasn't a very sexy title. It was very, uh, you know, ordinary. Giving money is a normal part of the Christian life, which doesn't sound necessarily that radical to some, or maybe it does sound really radical to others, or doesn't sound that exciting as well, but just there's a fundamental disposition of Christians to be giving, because God's giving, which is obviously the first point as well, and that involves our money. And we looked at sort of the heart issues around that, enabled by grace and part of the gospel, the joint security we have at God. And then the final one uh, was more practical, that we obviously want what we give to make a difference in people's lives. So again, as that's just a backdrop and a reminder, uh, I want to, with two things we're going to try and do today, one is look at kind of almost how we think of our money, how we think of our financial possessions that God has given us, some of us more than others, maybe some of us wishing we had more and all the rest of it, but how God has, what he's given us, how do we think of that and use that? And this is a huge subject, and I'm hoping to create a bit of a way of getting us thinking about this. And then the second half of the, the remainder of today, so we're actually going to look at our, sort of church, our church finances, about how we as a church want to use what God gives us. And just to warn you, in a sense, warn you or encourage you, we are looking at our giving because I'll say it right now from the front as well, we could do with seeing our giving as a congregation increase to, um, to meet all the things we're wanting to do as a church. And so that is definitely a part of today and we'll come on to that. But so um, how do we think of money? How do we use our money? What sort of ways are there of living life with that? Now, what I want to do is um, hopefully get a couple of volunteers up here, which I hope is going to help illustrate things and get us thinking. So, who here, you know that you're quite a planner when it comes to money. You quite like your, your budget and your thoughtful way of what am I doing with money, allocating it here or there. Maybe you even run a spreadsheet on your personal finances or something like that. So who here is quite good at planning? They think of their longer term view and, and all the rest of it. How many planners have you got? Come on, stick your hand out. Sort of put yourself more on the, the planning side of things. Uh, okay, Tim, I'm going to call Tim out actually. Tim, could you come out please? I am glad he did that because Tim's our chair of trustees as well. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's quite important. Tim, if you could sort of stand Brilliant. there and, and hold that. And so who is not really a planner? You respond much more. You're much more responsive. Live in the moment with money. If you've got it, you've got it. If you haven't, you haven't. Come on, put your... Some of you are just... Who put your hands up there? Just um, so who are we going to go for? Who are we going to pick here? Uh, so Chantal. Chantal, could you come out then, please? And if you could... 
actually to maybe go uh, maybe go further it doesn't matter too much I'm just I thought where you were going to go no Chantel sorry come over here Chantel of course now Tim's going to get in the way of the screen a little bit so so you respond to wherever you want to go. So I'm, I'm caricaturing slightly, but what I want to do is look at some Bible verses. It's just, if you like, sometimes point in this direction and sometimes you might say point in that direction. And really hopefully just getting you thinking about what am I like? What, God, what is God calling me to? How am I called to manage my finances? Or sometimes the more Christian sounding word is steward. How am I called to steward what God gives me? It's a reflection that what you have is not really yours but God has given it to you to steward and use as wisely as possible. So, I hope you can... Can you see that? Do I need to get Tim to step down a bit? There we are. So, have I done that? I've done that the wrong way around. All my best planning. Can you guys swap over, sorry? Sorry. You wouldn't believe... If it was Dave, you'd understand it, d- dyslexia or whatever. A number of times I sat on my laptop and turned it round and pictured the screen as a, and I've got it all wrong. There you go. In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. So a wise person stores it up a bit, maybe a bit more head to the plan. They're able to draw out when it's needed. So we, we end up over here a bit. We're just going to fly through these things. One person gives freely. That sounds pretty responsive, doesn't it? There we go. Yet gains even more. God blesses that. Another withholds on Julie, but comes to poverty. So maybe this is good. Be a bit responsive, free with your money. This is actually from uh, the sort of the same Corinthian church that we looked at last week. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. That's pretty planned, isn't it? Organized. We like that word, don't we, some of us? Like that. Just, you know, it's got a sort of plan, uh, sort of sense of it. I'm a planner, by the way. Most of you, if you know me, I'm sort of in that camp a bit. I know. So I'm challenged. I'm challenged in different ways to some of you. So give to everyone who asks, Jesus said. Well, that's a bit too responsive, isn't it? Surely not. Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, don't demand it back. That's responsive, isn't it? Man, Jesus, you know, that's, that's challenging. What's good use of our finances, our money? How are we supposed to run it? That's, that's good use according to Jesus in some ways. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. So even to the extent of inheritance, even the sense of future generations, the Bible encourages that. That's definitely a bit of a plan there, isn't it? Thinking through those things. And then the story of the widow's mites. I've skipped some of the story out. So in the temple, Jesus was watching givers, um, some rich people threw wads of money in. One poor lady put in, uh, I don't mean poor as in, she was literally poor and so financially poor. Poor widow put in uh, two small coins. Jesus said, calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in everything, all she had to live in. That's a terrible plan, isn't it? But just, in one sense, it was clearly thought out, plans you might say, but I'll put it in the response event. It all goes in, and Jesus doesn't say, that's really silly, what's she going to live off now? She said, he commends her. So it's responsive in that sense. Now, all, I've, I've caricatured a little bit, and I've sort of pitted them against each other, which obviously the Bible doesn't do, really, but it does 
challenges to think. Like, say, I'm, I'm at the planner side of things in the way I think of what God's given the whole way around my life, to be honest. And some people are much more at the responsive end. Most of us, of course, we're in the middle somewhere, aren't we? Uh, but just on the sense of stewarding your money, running your finances, however much or little you feel you've got, it's an important subject because God's given it to you and he wants us to be wise and he wants us to be godly. Um, so there's decisions to make. How are we going to run it? Are we going to be more at the responsive end or more at the planning end? Some Bible verses, this really quick thing, sort of point us one way so I can be godly and do it that way. Other people, other verses point us another way. And in a sense, so there's decisions to make. You've got to ask a question of yourselves in your own situation and figure out kind of what God says to you, I think. There's almost choices we can make. Just one final verse here. Keep your life free from the love of money. And be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Whichever side you tend to gravitate towards, it's always a heart issue ultimately, isn't it? Our finances and our money. We mustn't love it. We mustn't be too hooked on that because it's God we're called to love and he promises our true riches are in him. Just in the worship, we heard uh, just various different ways how God was speaking to us, how he's given us that picture of uh, white robes, uh, and not going back to our dirty clothes and everything, how we've each individually been called by God. It was coming out, wasn't it? He has blessed us, and he has given us everything. And obviously the picture in the worship was our sense of salvation, uh, and all we have in God, I will never leave you nor forsake you, which clearly is greater and more important than just the sum total of our material possessions. But material possessions are part of that as well, aren't they? Part, that's what we believe, part of the blessing of God on our lives. And God knows what he's given you, if you like. He knows your situation. If you're a Christian here, we do, or at least should believe, it really has all come from him, and we are simply just stewarding it, using it as wisely and carefully, and yet as freely and generously as we possibly can as part of what he has blessed us with. <coughs> and, of course, you know, we can easily fall into the trap, and it's definitely out of the road. I wish I had a bit more. That would make it a bit easier to decide how. I can't be that responsive. I wish I had something to plan with, but that's not really the issue. It's uh, uh, how much are we loving God, how much are we loving money. Of course, it's easier said than done, but clearly God, in that sense, says the same thing to all of us, no matter how wealthy we feel or not. So if you're on the more responsive side of things, the picture now obviously that couldn't, you know, some of the Bible verses there highlighted how that can be, um, you know, a really great thing to, really generous, really free with money, if we can end up loving money too much and holding on to it too tightly, being responsive and a bit flamboyant and generous, that's a great thing, isn't it? And we all need to think about that and sort of learn from that. But equally, do we, can we sometimes be, um, you, you know, we haven't been as wise, as thoughtful with what God has given us to steward as maybe we could be and make it go as far as he wants us to, as it were. And particularly if we end up spending money, in the sense, on ourselves, which is per we're perfectly entitled to do, and we're at the responsive end, have we sometimes been a bit extravagant in a way that, which is not necessarily bad either, occasional stuff, you know, it's difficult, isn't it? But sometimes we go, oh, I haven't made as much use of it as maybe I could have done. It's gone a little bit too quickly. So there's pros and cons, if like strengths and weaknesses. So maybe some people want to plan a bit, we want to see it, you know, how am I really making good use of my money? 
and making sure I, you know, I give and all uh, that. But if we're not very responsive, does it in the end sometimes we end up basically looking a bit tight? We end up we're not really trusting God, and there's no sort of joyful security that talked about last week in God. It becomes in the plan. It becomes in the way we're running money. There's just strength and weaknesses of both models. Both. So I'm playing them off against each other, which I hope is getting us thinking rather than sounding unhelpful. But, um, you know, the Bible speaks of different ways, you almost might say, of running our finances. It's always a heart issue. And so, guys, thank you. If you could put them, give a round of applause. Uh, And what I just wanted to encourage us to do, encourage us to think about is, you know, how is God calling you to steward your money? You know, whether you feel you've got lots or not, he knows the situation he's put you in. He's given it all to you and you're called to steward it, to steward it wisely. Think about the way your almost personality responds. What strengths and weaknesses are there in that? What do you, you know, what does a, a good money lifestyle, what does my, sorry, how does my money lifestyle need to change? You know, are you responsive and sometimes think, I need to plan a little bit better? Or are you a planner and think, I need to respond a bit more sometimes and just be a bit more you know, pass the money out that God has given me out there to bless others. And it's not a clear-cut wrong or right. Uh, but we're all different. God speaks to us differently. God blesses us differently. And so one of the things I want to say is let's be careful about not judging each other because we all use our money slightly differently. We're all slightly different in our personality. Both of those two extremes have sort of different biblical passages, backing them up, you might say. So... Although we run things differently, we can be in danger of looking, well, why aren't they living a bit more like that or doing that? I've had some conversations with people in the week just around this, talking it through. It's been kind of interesting. I've had a conversation with someone who, in terms of making choices over money, so uh, the, the, the family holiday for them was really, really quite important. And so they, if you like, they make sure they invest in that the sort of once a year summer family holiday, and they put quite a lot of money behind it. If you like, quite a lot more money than myself and Carol and our family tend to put in the holiday. I'd love to have the big family holiday, you're saying, God has blessed us for holidays. But I don't sort of, my, my heart doesn't go quite to putting that much money. It's just the way, why? It really is a very personal choice in the end. But actually, if you looked at the lifestyle, my family, uh, by the blessing God, fairly often get to, to go out to a restaurant with some of the kids, not particularly posh or anything, but we get to eat out a bit. And actually, there was something they were tending not to do, partly because they knew they wanted to head to the holiday. And it would be too easy, in all seriousness, it would be too easy for them to look at me and go, well, they're doing all right. Look, their kids get to eat out at restaurants a bit. My kids don't get to do that. Yeah, you know. He's the pastor as well, must be paying him too much. <laughs> you know, I'm looking and going, well, they're doing okay, aren't they? Look at that posh holiday they're getting to go on. I wish I had the posh holiday like that. And it's pure, there's elements of choice that we have. And obviously that was both somewhat planned. And so we just have to be careful. Just because uh, there's so many areas you could choose. I just want to talk a bit about the whole sense of insurance and pensions things because I feel like that's a really challenging one. Maybe it's just me. Um, but... You know, some people on the planning side of things, it's like getting your insurances in place, your, your pension in place. So it's very important to, to, to make sure you're doing well and wise with your finances and the inheritance of the kids and getting established and stuff. And many people, of course, don't sort of live in that world at all and don't really think about it. And, and it's just, I think it's very challenging. How much is you're supposed to use the money in the now for the needs now? How much is it wise and sensible to be 
you know, putting stuff into what you can't quite predict in terms of the future. And just say, we live in a society, I think, that very often proclaims those things as really quite important. And uh, that, you know, you should be careful and, uh, you know, with your insurance, with your pension and that sort of thing. At which point does that stop being trusting in God if it all comes from him and you start... I just, there's just one specific area and some of you will be living that world and some of you won't. Just to highlight that we mustn't judge each other, I think. We've got to be careful. Uh, are we really loving God and not money and then trying to figure out how we are called to steward our money and what our money lifestyle should look like? Or have we got sucked in to almost just our personality type, uh, the, the, the income level we happen to be at and the way the world types to live, or, uh, the way the world would live on that kind of income level? Or are we letting the gospel shape us and challenge our lifestyle? You're not just living within our means, you might even say living below our means, so how might this affect my giving in the way that we manage our finances? I'm going to say again, if you didn't hear last week's talk, which had a bit more of the sort of heart issues, please go and listen to that, because this isn't just practical, it's about God capturing a heart. So that was um, part A, if you like. And this is my link, how does this affect my giving, to lead us on to looking a bit about our church finances and how we as a church want to steward what God gives us um, through your generosity, through your giving. If you are new to church, that's fundamentally how we are funded, if I can use that very unchristian sounding word. But the, everything the church does that costs us money is basically funded through um, the church members, most of you sitting in front of me now, your regular generous giving to us. And that's how we pay the bills. That's how we do some of the things um, uh, that we get to do. That is how my salary is paid for. Thank you very much. So we're going to look at some areas of church finance. So, so we moved on from personal stewardship to sort of church stewardship. Church finances. A few, uh, about a year and a half ago, I just wanted to, uh, it just struck me again. I spoke again on church giving and I used the title Building for God's Glory and looked at a story in the Old Testament where the Israelites, when they're going through the wilderness, Moses, who was leading them, called to all give um, material possessions, gold and silver and goat's hair and things like that, into an offering to help build the tabernacle, which was the tent where the presence of God was going to dwell and was going to make the people of God, the Israelites in those days, distinct from, being, from all the other peoples of the earth because they were going to have God's presence with them. And we just, if like, took that into our world, saying everything we want to do, which is what I want to remind us of, everything we want to do as a church, everything we use our possessions, our material possessions, our money that God gives us for, uh, we want to be building for God's glory. Don't we? That's what we want to be. We now, the church, are the presence of God on earth. Not just us, of course, many other local churches, but just like the tabernacle represented God's presence, and the Israelites had to give to help make the tabernacle happen so that they could have God's presence in the middle of them. There is a sense in which that carries over to us, saying we want to see the church built, we want to see City Hope established in London and our work going beyond so that God's presence would be here on earth and made known. It's all for his glory, it's all for his presence. And that's what we want to be about ultimately, and that's why we encourage people to even give financially to us, because we believe that's all that's on our heart, that that's what we want to see happen. 